Welcome to the Freedom Frontline Podcast. As always, this podcast will be completely raw, completely unfiltered, and completely uncensored. Today we sit down to speak with a friend of mine named Ariel. She is the owner and operator of Janadian Apparel and International Trading Company. She is a wealth of knowledge in regards to sustainable living and the value of hemp in our society. She also provides a lot of great information and perspective on how to be a lot less wasteful in our day-to-day lives. This episode was a lot of fun, so buckle up. Here we go. I was actually just in my garden, just planting some things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I spend a lot of time out in mine too, man, talking to right? plants and, uh, you know, nurturing them into existence. And dude, we've already foraged like, you know, a ton out of our garden. Our garden's insane right now, dude. We have like zucchini plants that are as big as your torso. It's insane. I was going to say, you have like the, uh, the like ball bat type zucchini plants yeah they're crazy and we've already gotten mm-hmm. a whole bunch off of it so super nice. grateful to have the space to do that because you know we didn't always have that you know we just moved uh, from an apartment so Beautiful. uh yeah it's awesome man being able to forge everything so super excited to have you today yeah i'm excited to be here thank you Hell so yeah. much for inviting me out yeah no worries so I guess uh, let's start with uh, telling everyone a little bit about yourself, and uh, we'll take it from there. All right. So my name is Ariel. I am the owner and operator of Janadian Apparel, an international trading company. Uh, so we are a hemp apparel company that also manages the importing and exporting between Canada to Jamaica and Jamaica to Canada. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So with this, like, what gave you the... Uh... What gave you the idea? Like, what's the, I guess, let's kind of go right back to the beginning. So when this thing was just, I guess, a concept, like yeah. what was it that drove it? What gave you the the initial idea and the name? Obviously, it's like Jamaican Canadian, but, uh, you know, of all the names you could have picked, like, why that? Why this brand? Okay, so the name is actually like near and dear to my heart because I am Jamaican and Canadian. Uh, my dad actually lives out in Jamaica. My mom whoop, lives here in Canada. Um, so seeing the difference a couple years ago between the way that we live and then also researching after that, um, the actual bilateral ties that already exist between Canada and Jamaica and how long they've already been, you know, like how much history they truly share between each other really fascinated me. And I wanted to share more of that um, with people. Uh, So I kind of created this brand, but I wanted to make sure that the brand somehow gave back to the earth because I also noticed that the fashion industry and the beauty industry are super, super wasteful places. Like they are an absolute wasteland right now. The amount of uh, purchasing that we do as human beings has accelerated exponentially since like the 1960s, 1970s. Right. Um, and 
a lot of people do not understand or do not simply know that anything that we buy, a lot of the things that we attempt to quote unquote recycle, I guess. So like when they go into those like donation bins and stuff like that, a lot of times those donation bins are actually owned by big corporations. And what they do is they take those donation bins and they resell them back to places like Goodwill and, you know, Value Village and all that type of stuff first. And whatever garbage you know, items that they don't, they can't accept or they can't keep and stuff like that. They actually take them, they put them in big piles and they ship them off to like a big factory. And the factory is in charge of selling them to smaller third world countries like Africa and things like that. Now, these African people are expecting that they're going to be getting like Gucci, Louis, Old Navy, uh, all these beautiful brand brand names and things like that. But when they receive these large, large crates of clothing, it's actually just like tattered, torn garbage that they are now responsible for burning and getting rid of because they have no use for it. And they've just also spent, you know, like maybe a year's worth of their own salary buying all this garbage. And I kind of thought to myself, that's what we do to people. Like that's what we're doing to our fellow human beings. That's not right. And we need to cut that shit out now. So this is kind of where all of these things started. And this is where the idea came from. And hopefully we can make the, these unnecessary things a little more aware to people so that we can kind of solve the problem at its root. Right. And I think that's exactly where it starts is the awareness I think even with, uh, you know, something like the residential school issue, it was one of those things that like, you know, people are just finding out about this. So it just goes to show you like, you know, we live here, we live this life, we're supposed to know our lands, our history, our people, but it's something that we just have no knowledge of. So now, what, what even when you were saying this over the weekend, and I was listening to you speak about it, I was kind of like, you know, one sense, like, you know, that shit like this is happening, you know, worldwide. But it's the little things like this that no one even bats an eye at. No one knows. Like, I had no idea that this existed, right? This is one of those things like, but it, does it surprise me that they're giving people false hope and taking it away? Fuck no. Right? <laughs> right? But on the same token, it's like, man, what was it that made you look into this? Like, like th- there had to be a point where you came across this randomly and was, you, you know, decided to jump in the rabbit hole. Like, what was that aha moment for you? Um, you know what? Funny story. Uh, there is actually a special on Netflix. I cannot pronounce his name properly. Um, he Hassan Minaj or something like that, or Hassan Minaj. Um, he does like, basically what he does on his show is he's got that like Patriot show where he just exposes all the crap that happens in the U S he did a special episode on Canada and stuff like that. Um, but one of those episodes was actually dedicated towards things like fast fashion. Um, and hearing this term fast fashion over the past, like, I don't know, maybe two, three, almost four years now really piqued my interest. Cause I'm like, that's a very trendy word. And like, why would it be trending? And like, obviously if it's trending now, things that trend generally have already happened before and they've already come into play. They're just coming back into play again after several decades. So I wanted to look into, okay, if this has already happened before and this is trending, 
why, what is it that they're trying to do or keep going and what exactly is going to be the impact, you know, 10, 20, 30 years from now. Um, so I started looking into fast fashion, just like the term in general. And basically what it means is that it's like a, it's kind of that overbuying that we're doing right now. There's a huge supply and demand kind of thing that's happening. Um, there's, it's very messed up. They use really weird mental tactics and stuff like that in order to get your brain to want to buy things unnecessarily and all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. It's like going through the last little bit of the grocery aisle and like right at the checkout, there's all that chocolate and everything that you're just like, I don't fucking need that, but I'm going to put it in my cart anyways. (laughs) That's exactly what fast fashion is. That's exactly what fast fashion is. So it's just like all unnecessary crap that, uh, a lot of times they've actually stolen the designs from real designers who have worked very, very, very hard at these things too. And that was something that was very disappointing to me too, because I'm like, wow, you're robbing my own local community that I fully support on a regular basis to do all of my modeling, to do all of the other things that I do within my local community and stuff like that. So if that's a problem then like we need to address that in order to bring awareness back to where did these clothes originate from who created your clothes who made your clothes who grew your clothes where do your clothes even come from because do they really just come from a factory and like a computer just spit out a design and was like oh yeah this is what everybody's going to wear now for you know the summer fall season thing so it was looking into fast fashion and watching that episode on Netflix, that kind of was like a very big eye opener for me. And I was like, no, no, we can't do this anymore. We can't do this anymore. And there needs to be somebody who is at least bringing awareness to it and then also providing some kind of alternative to it. So I'm seeing that there are more and more sustainable options. However, a lot of sustainable options are still very what we call greenwashed. Um, so they like to fake like they're 100% um, eco-friendly and stuff like that. You mean like all the shit in the organic aisle? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Yeah, it's oh, organic, man. But we also sprayed pesticides on it. Yeah, right. Like my favorite mm-hmm. is asking people this. I'm like, if there's a health food aisle, what's the rest of the grocery store? Right. Because I thought we were supposed to be using yeah. food as our medicine. So what happened yeah. there? Mm-hmm. So. So now with the with the other sustainable options, I guess this really piques my interest. So what are sustainable options and what have you and the Genadian brand brought to the table in that arena? Okay, so we are what we would like to do. So this is our end game. Our ultimate goal is that we want to own 100% of our own hemp farms and we want to be making all of our own hemp clothing and things like that. Um, right now, Hemp clothing is only made by us in Jamaica. I can't import it here. It's way too expensive. And the way that they live down here, or sorry, down there, it's easier for me to keep sales and things like that running on that end. So that's kind of where that is. When it comes to having things in Canada, we do import things. Not everything you will notice, um, it's not everything is 100% hemp. And I am always looking for those 100% hemp options. I would much prefer to carry only 100% hemp. However, uh, there are some things that are 55% and then the other 45% is like organic cotton or something like that, which is grown a little bit 
with a little bit less water and a little bit less chemicals and things like that. Um, so it's a little bit more of a sustain, it's a more helpful to the earth, but it's not 100% sound. Like it's not a completely sustainable option, right? Nothing is though, right? Like there's no. always going to be, you're never going to find everything that is exactly as advertised unless your hands touch that 100% of the time. And I actually just want to give people a little bit of uh, history on hemp too. So with the yeah. war on drugs in the seventies and the eighties, it was this big thing where they had bundled hemp in with the marijuana plant. And decided yeah. that they wanted to just destroy this whole thing. But what people don't understand is, you know, they got rid of it because they also knew that there was a market and it was such a sustainable resource that we could be using for lumber, clothing, everything, man. Like hemp. Literally is... everything. You right. can use the entire stock for whatever everything. it is that you need. You can use it for pet bedding. You can use it for paper. You yep. can use it for clothes. You can use it for anything. It's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, it was one of those things that just got outlawed for, you know, it just got bundled in because it looks like the weed plant. Right. Yep. And I mean, there's, there's, it's not, you're not going to go out and smoke hemp, <laughs> right? Like they should have just should left it not. alone, but right. I mean, they just kind of did what the government loves to do. They like to tell you, this is bad. Don't use it and use something else that we declare is valuable like wood, but yep. I don't think they understand, you know, how like our trees don't grow as fast as the demand does. Right. But mm -hmm. hemp, like hemp, you can in a couple of months, you can grow a solid hemp, right? Like it doesn't make sense mm -hmm. to me why they got rid of it, but just to let everybody know, like, that's why you're going that direction is because I mean, hemp is fucking sustainable. Right. Yep. So. Yep. That's exactly it is like, it can literally be used for anything, everything. Uh, they did. I mean, if you actually were to look at the rules and regulations, so like if you went on the government's website, there are still rules and regulations that they're trying to impose on people who want to grow hemp and stuff like that. And that's, I think, part of the biggest problem as to why people don't just grow it themselves and don't use it themselves yeah. um, is that they fear that there is going to be somebody who kind of comes after them and says, oh, no, you can't be doing that kind of deal. Yeah, that's so wild <laughs> to me, man. It's so wild to me. Like at the end of the day, man, the government is is such a joke. Um, it's, it's and they'll get you in, in those little areas, like oh, either an invasive species or a non-native species, or the, any loophole whatsoever to stop things that matter. It's like I was wondering when they were going to start using emu instead of instead of uh, cows, like you know emus yeah. are like dude they're way way more sustainable I, I like my steak i am not complaining <laughs> this is not a this is not a smear right? campaign however yep. if you have ever eaten emu it is like the most it's a lot like elk it's, it's really delicious good it's actually it's really fucking super good. good like the meat's like... purple it's so red right and it's absolutely yeah. delicious and it's something that we could sustain but because it looks like an ostrich it wasn't appealing to people it's just something that they just said, you know, I'm not I'm not going to implement because they've already brainwashed people into, you know, the the meat industry, which See, now they're something... now they're trying to destroy, which really fucking boggles my mind. Right. See, that's also something that I'm always like <laughs> intrigued by, because I'm like, how is it that we're OK with eating things like cows, but horses aren't OK? How is it that we're okay oh, with eating, you know, pigs, but cats and dogs aren't all right. Right. And, and, and that's a, I'm actually glad you touched on that. And I haven't gotten into this with a guest yet um, <laughs> simply because it's, it's never come up, 
but I guess this is a perfect time. Um, so as somebody who hunts and fishes and like, I'm a huge outdoorsman, I bow hunt. I've been doing this for, for a, a long while. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where when you explain to people this, this awkward dynamic and perspective to people, like for one, people don't understand why you hunt because you, you know, a lot of times it's like, I'm a vegan and I can't understand it. And it's like, well, quite honestly, well, like I'm vegan and I can understand it. So right, I don't know it, why that's hard for people. But like, I, I try to have that conversation because it, in my eyes, it's kind of like, look, I hunt because I don't like factory farming right yeah. I, I'm, an, I'm not a fan of how they treat the animal like when i'm up in the tree stand and you know i've been very strategically placing things in certain areas to draw in this buck and mm-hmm. i'm taking one animal who doesn't suffer at all right yep. it's, it's grazing next minute it's life is gone and i've taken one out of the bush to sustain me and my whole family for a year and yeah. people i guess get this perception because they have a, a, a removed perspective from that world so like they don't understand that like when when you shoot an animal like you go over it you feel whether it's its feathers or its hide and you're you're thanking that animal like it's a super emotional time like i don't enjoy killing things that's the you know what i mean like it's not like this bloodlust that i'm trying to (laughs) no right but that this is the 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 position that they've you know placed hunters in though it's like you hear the word hunter and you think of you know billy bob jim and john who go out and drink a fucking two four and start shotgunning things in the forest like for some of us it's actually you know something relevant to our existence and i think it's a skill set that people have lost and the same with veganism i wish vegans would understand a little bit more to grow your own shit or stop harping to me about your fucking organic lifestyle that doesn't exist right because yes. if, if you can forage your own garden, like the one I have, and be able to sustain yourself for seven, eight months out of the year, instead yep. of not understanding that that combine that goes down the field is killing does, rabbits, destroying habitat, like we need to acknowledge these things. And it's all destructive, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you can't Pretty just take so. that position that like, oh, well, you know, uh, you know, veganism is a way to go. It's healthier for you. I'm like, well, not really. Like, yeah. look, I know people that thrive in both arenas. If you thrive with veganism and you feel great, it works for you. Yeah, if you thrive with me. meat, it works for you. If you want to be omnivorous, that works for you. <laughs> I don't care. Right? Pro choice, man. Pro right? choice. And, and that's it. But I think it's really awkward that people think like, oh, hunting isn't isn't sustainable. I agree. If everybody started hunting, fucking right, it wouldn't be sustainable. But don't tell me that I shouldn't go and help keep the population of bears down once in a while because they, yeah, like while you're like, everything needs to live. I'm like, well, that bear actually <laughs> kills everything it comes across. So, yeah, so are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> it's fucked. So that was a little, uh, little side tangent and rant, but it's just, you know, if we're going to talk sustainability, I think people really need to you know question you need to understand it from all sides yeah yeah so i mean i don't know but uh we are living in clown world so <laughs> <laughs> always Every- a good laugh here isn't oh it? <laughs> man everybody's so fucking sure of themselves it drives me crazy <laughs> um so with the Janadian brand mm-hmm. what is the mission of this brand like what is your you know, people usually set like a five-year plan. Now let's yep. just pretend that Ontario is not going to go to shit. And <laughs> let, let's just say everything was the way it was. Let, let's talk like it's 2019 here. 
Um, what would be like the five-year plan? Like what's your end game for this? I mean, the five-year plan is, oh man, there's like so many different kind of areas that we kind of want to cover and stuff like that. Um, for sure, we want to be like, we want the clothes that we're offering to be 100% sustainable. So we don't want to be having to import any more clothes from any of the um, suppliers that we have currently right now. We would like to either collaborate and integrate with them in order to provide them the idea of, hey, instead of you guys being 55% hemp, you guys could be 100% hemp and like, here's how you can do it kind of deal. Um, we would love to kind of either incorporate their businesses into ours in that kind of way, or we'd just like to kind of maybe sever ties with them all together and just do our own thing. Um, but we needed something to kind of bring awareness up until then. And so that's why we're at where we're at. Um, so 100% our own hemp farms, we'd like to pr be producing our own clothing, like completely our own clothing made from my own hands, made from all my friends, own hands and all those types of things. Um, I would also like to be able to, with that hemp farm, I'd like to be able to help other farmers learn how they can integrate hemp into their farms in order to yeah. uh, better their crops and things like that. Because something that people don't necessarily really realize is that if you were to plant a crop of hemp and then let it grow for a while, you could actually plant a couple plants around that same crop. And it's actually going to add nutrients into that soil to make those other plants better. So hemp can actually increase the amount of nutrients that go into very basic like fruits and vegetables and things like that too. Oh. Um, it also acts like a um, like shade for any of your crops that are kind of like partial sun um partial sun plants and stuff like that it provides almost as much oxygen as a tree does with far less space to it yeah, which is yeah. kind of nice um and then it also like clean it just cleans up the air and stuff like that so like it takes out a lot of the pollution and everything that we live in on a daily basis um so i'd like to be able to kind of help educate other farmers and stuff like that on how they can use hemp um within their own crops and stuff like that to be able to better themselves um and you know what they produce um i'd love to be able to also work with those same farmers who are using that hemp um to be able to harvest that hemp back for right. us and stuff like that so that we can just continue to use it you know like i just want to be able to create a little bit more of a community that thrives off itself so you know like you have your uh, people who need medicine and stuff like that. Okay, great. We have a plethora of cannabis plants. We have a plethora of hemp plants. Let's take some of those and we'll use some of those things to make you guys some medicines so that you guys can take care of the people over here. Uh, farmers, again, with the whole, you know, crop growing and things like right. that. We want to be able to help you guys out so that you guys can also in turn help us grow the hemp so that way we can turn it into, you know, whatever it is that we need it to be turned into. And we'd like to be able to eventually teach everyone around us and our whole community around us to be like, hey, you need something? Let's figure out how we can make that out of hemp. And let's, you know, let's mass produce that or 
you know, at least make it enough that we can provide it within our own community efficiently uh, for a more long period, uh, longer periods of time. Um, so that way people aren't turning back to these very wasteful products like plastic and all this garbage and stuff like that. Because hemp saves lives, motherfuckers. Yes, it does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> um, now, I don't know if you've ever been asked this, but uh, do you think that this industry may be slightly more complex and require more attention in your approach because of its stipulation and association with cannabis? Yes, 100% I do. And that question has not really, it's, I don't think it's really been asked by anybody. I don't that's, think anybody that's, is. Uh, that's what I'm here for, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I actually enjoy these things out of you. You ask the right questions. That's you it. actually caught me off guard on the weekend. I was like, hold up, what? Somebody's actually interested in why I did this? That's so weird. Nobody's ever asked me that before. Like, dude, it's, it's sustainability. <laughs> like, at what point do we realize that we're just fucking self-destructing? Like, right? and, and we need to change our ways. Like, look, I'm not buying climate change. I don't buy it. I'm sorry, I don't. But I do buy the fact that it's like wear your fucking mask so they can end up in the ocean. I, I am aware that they keep telling the people in Australia that putting those giant nets over the sewer system to catch the garbage before it goes into the fucking ocean. But the government is saying that they won't fund that, but they'll fund your cigarettes and your alcohol and all the bullshit you want to do. But you won't do something simple as fund, you know, a, a half a million dollars. Like we're spending six point three million fucking dollars to change the word Dundas. <laughs> and, and we can't I donate read about that today actually, right? like, and, we're and like, we can't what? donate that money like you know you can do all the nets in fucking canada and and start mm -hmm. cleaning up our water source right mm -hmm. like so it's one of those things that's like we need to we need to get back on track with like you don't have to buy into anything that the government tells you to look no. around and just say that our habits are very very unhealthy yep yep i would agree i would very very much agree I think that um, I think if people actually took a look at, you know, like their own act, not only their own actions, but just like the accumulation of like, guys, think about this long term. Sure. It's just a coffee cup in the garbage. What does it matter? OK, how often are you buying that coffee? Just out of curiosity, are you throwing that one cup into the garbage once a day, every single day? That's 365 cups of garbage now in my ocean. I'm not happy about that. Not only that, but was, was there anyone standing behind you doing the same thing too? Oh, that's 365 more cups gone into the ocean on top of yours. Like you guys have got to think about the things that you're doing and stuff like that. Otherwise, it just, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. And it's, it's simple things like, do you think that Tim Horton's coffee cups are just, you know, completely recyclable? It's like, no, 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 they, they definitely are not. That's why there's a wax on the inside of them. It's like, you know, the, these companies that think that they're, you know, some do good and advertise green. If you actually, you know, take the magnifying glass of their operation, it's not at all, but it makes a real nice selling feature. Right. Yeah. So they put yeah. that recyclable logo, but go try throwing it in your cardboard bin when the when the recycle guy comes and guaranteed he's going to tell you or have someone tell you and notify you that these cups don't belong here. They go in the garbage. They don't belong here. They don't go in so. there. Yeah, that's the thing is a lot of things are recycled when they maybe shouldn't be. Right. 
uh, simply because they have that silly, somebody's paid for that recycling symbol to be on them. That's, and that's it's, all it it's is, a, guys. It's a triangle. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little... <laughs> Seems yeah, a little weird. Seems a little weird, but we'll get uh, into that later. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just uh just saying. I mean, hey, <laughs> why I, notice these things? I mean, it must be a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> I definitely for sure. For sure. So, I mean, most people don't also don't know that less than eleven percent of recyclables in Canada don't actually even get recycled properly anyways. So the 11% that we were focusing really hard on recycling, we're not even doing that anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's things like, uh, I'm not even too sure how I feel about it. I mean, I, I enjoy the concept of when you go to the zoo. Um, I know I don't really enjoy the concept of the zoo as a hunter. I think, <laughs> I think unless it's a species that's endangered and you really doing something for that species, I think, fuck the zoo. I don't think a gorilla should be, you know, or, or like, you know, the zoo is like, okay, uh, you know, they are well taken care of. I'll, I'll give that to them. But when you go to a place like SeaWorld and you have a whale in a tank that typically covers a hundred kilometers a day and you got yeah. this thing and then it's like, oh, well, it's killing humans. I'm like, you fucking think so? Like, what was going to happen, man? It, it fucking blows me away how, how stupid we have become. So what, when did you start the, the Genadian brand? Was it during the pandemic or pre? It was actually during the pandemic. Um, so we started in May 2020. Okay. Well, either way, I mean, so what would have been the challenges then? I mean, aside from every fucking buddy you call and every manufacturer being closed <laughs> what were uh you know some of the challenges and what were some of the upsides to doing that during a pandemic okay so one thing that was really really enjoyable during the pandemic was that i was then able to claim that i was working for myself and i'm like woohoo I have something that is mine now and I don't have to be bossed around by anybody and I'm technically not fired. I can fire myself if I wanted to, but then the company doesn't exist. So it was something that was uh, very empowering for me at the time, just to be able to like say that I had something that was tan, something a little more tangible that was actually mine. Like aside from like my children and stuff like that, those are pretty tangible. Um, now, things that we kind of came across that were unfavorable, um, a lot of stores. So pre actually having launched and everything like that in May 2020, I did have this idea long before this, but I was kind of piecing everything together and figuring it all out and wasn't really sure. Um, I think maybe a couple months before we had launched, I had actually gone to a local shop owner who actually owns a, she owns a clothing store. Um, also a local bar owner. So she's got clothes in the bar, uh, downtown in Guelph over here. It's called market coat. I was speaking to her and she was like, you know what, if you made your own like clothing line and stuff like that, I will for sure have it in here. And I was like, that would be super dope. That would be awesome. Could you imagine if I could just like make friends, make clothes for all my friends? Like that would just be that'd be the life for me. Like, I'd be so happy making clothing and things like that, that like other people actually enjoyed something that I could actually put my own, you know, heart, sweat and tears into and everything. Uh, however, when we actually decided to launch and everything like that, everything was still closed. Unfortunately, we were all still on this, uh, lockdown business. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I unfortunately did not have a lot of business owners who were willing to open yet. I mean, there are some business owners that are, you know, a little more open-minded to staying open past the summertime, regardless of whatever yeah. comes out of the government's mouth. Um, but, uh, yeah, at the time it was a little bit of a slowdown because there wasn't anything that was like in a, um, brick and mortar store. And so right. it was a, just a lot of everything had to be online advertising. Everything had to be all through social media. And, um, I mean, it slowed me down a little, but it also, it was nice to be able to just focus on some of those things, uh, because I was able to then kind of master a little bit more of, you know, what are people interested in and how do they, you know, how, what, what is it that gets these people's attention when I am marketing these things to them? Because I can speak to you in a completely different way and be like, Hey, this is what my business is about. This is, you know, how we act sustainably. And this is how this helps the planet and stuff like that. It's a whole other deal to try and put that little spiel yep. into like 10 seconds. Yeah. 10 seconds, 30 seconds, yeah. 160 words or something like that. And I was always like, Oh boy, how am I going to do this kind of deal? Isn't it amazing uh, though? Like just as like a, a minor side tangent that, that the marketing world has brainwashed people in society so much. Well, I guess just people in society have been brainwashed period to only be able to sustain 10 minutes or 10 seconds. <laughs> you're a goldfish, guys. You, you're literally a goldfish. You can't even Man. hold your attention span for longer than 10 seconds. It's just gone after that. Man, unreal. Sorry, just a little, uh, little side tangent there. No, no, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, so those were some of the, those were some of the things that we kind of like came across that I wasn't exactly, wasn't excited about wasn't really excited about but something that we worked through and something that we're now able to you know I'm glad that it happened I'm really glad that it happened because all of the work that I've kind of put into and all the stuff that you see if you scroll through our social media and stuff like that um it you can get those little bits of insight throughout those posts and stuff like that um, and it's easier for people, for me to, you know, come out and say certain things when I'm having one-on-one -on -one chats with people, um, because it's just come out of my mouth so much, or I've had to sit and type it for so freaking long and stuff like that, that I'm able to shorten it for those that I'm like, Oh, your attention spans, maybe not going to be with me for too long. I'm just going to spit this out. And if you have questions, we can keep going. If you don't, it's cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of how we've been moving on and moving through and operating since then. So I guess basically like the company is, is just based around being completely sustainable, getting people, you know, to kind of acknowledge our faults as a race <laughs> and what we're doing, um, you know, to, to the planet, because I don't think people understand that we only get one. So what are we doing here? Um, Some people think we can still leave to Mars. Okay. <laughs> they think there is a planet B. <laughs> And I mean, there, there may be, <laughs> like I, I can't, I can't prove it. Um, however, you know, w when you're somebody who, you know, enjoys and understands that your connection with nature is more than just walking 
in nature. Like mm-hmm. it's like uh, there's everything from our biome mixing with the biome that's in nature. Like you're supposed to touch water and touch fish and touch trees and go barefoot in the grass. You're supposed to do this. Right. So it's much, much more than just, yeah, you know, it's nice to look at a couple times a year when I go camping. Right. Like as a guy where, you know, pretty, pretty well, like four months of the year I spend all day. I mean, 12 hour days in the bush, like you're hunting, you don't, you don't walk in and look around and say yeah okay nothing here i'm, I'm gone no, i'll have... just move on to right. the next <laughs> <Yeah>. plot strategize <laughs> but, wandering but i think that like our appreciation for nature as a whole like we we really have no fucking idea what we are doing to the planet so i, I can definitely mm-hmm. appreciate uh you know a, a brand especially in this community um you know of of so-called you know right-wing extremists slash tinfoil hat wearers slash conspiracy theorist um I've, I've just learned to embrace it and call myself a fortune teller at this point um yep. you know it's it's not making sense anymore we've been right about everything but how do you feel this community in general has embraced the brand and and you know how's that gone for you oh wow um okay so i feel like there's a, there's a large portion of the community that definitely wants to support us and things like that. Um, there are definitely a lot of people talking about us. Um, even if they're not buying products and things like that, they're still talking us up to like whomever they know. And like, that's beautiful. I love it so much. And I deeply, deeply, deeply appreciate it. Um, I don't, I feel like some people get a little lost with where exactly we're coming from with the whole hemp idea and stuff like that. I think it's because um, many people within my own community actually know me for being a little bit of a Jill of all trades. So I don't know if you've seen my Instagram photos and things like that, but I also model for L'Oreal, Matrix, uh, Valentini hair designs, all those people and stuff like that. Um, so I do hair modeling. I also do, I used to do contracting and things like that with my parents and stuff like that. So I used to do building and stuff like that. Um, I've done like you name it and I've probably done it before type of deal. So I think people maybe got a little bit confused and this relates kind of back into that whole, uh, associating hemp with cannabis thing. I think there were some people that saw that I was doing things in the cannabis industry and then we're like, oh, well, that mu- her business must have something to do with that. And I'm like, okay, well, it does, but it also very much doesn't. And yeah. you kind of gotta, you gotta look into it and pay a little bit more attention than that. Um, because we are, the business is actually associated with another business called The Heightened Chef. Uh, and they actually do cannabis infused meals every month. And oh, we participate yeah. with them every month. <laughs> It's delicious gourmet food made by my friends. It's all local. It's amazing. We have a Zoom call. There is, um, there's special guest speakers. There's musical artists. We have a DJ and everything like that. We just, like we just have fun with each other. Um, I also used to work at a cannabis shop <laughs> for my family members. Um, so I think that people were kind of heavily associating me doing some of those things with what I'm doing now. And I'm like, you know what, actually what I do now is just that slight little, it runs on the same, same line, but it's still on the other side of the fence of things. 
Um, yeah. So my stuff is just a little more sustainability <clears throat> and eco-friendly based, whereas all the other stuff that I do, not that I'm against any of that. I That's just my healing stuff. That's right. my healing yeah. path. I've always used you know, cannabis and stuff like that as like a uh, medicine. I've always associated that kind of thing as with medicine and stuff like that. You know, why take Tylenol when I can take, you know, a couple grams of this and, you know, be good. And my headache's gone and I feel really good. And I know that there's not excessive toxins in my body that I don't necessarily can't read or understand kind of deal. Now, I think we might as well just unpack it while we're here then. Yeah. Um, so I have clearly never once walked through a city in Jamaica. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, now it's, however, like, you know, I grew up on Jane and Weston. Now yeah. the Jamaican presence is gigantic over there. It always has been like, if I'm walking down there, you already know that I'm stopping in for some rice and peas and some oxtail, <laughs> right? Like, it's just how it goes. Like, that's just how I grew up, right? Yes, so, yes. But now, anytime I ever went to any of my friends' houses, um, you know, that, that were of Jamaican descent, it, mm-hmm. it was one of those things where, man, it was so fucking different with, with how and what they used weed for, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not like what we used it for here. So what do you think is the difference between how we consume weed here and how, you know, weed is used over there? Very, very much because I've been in both places and experienced both kinds of weed. Um, Hashtag blessed. Hashtag. Oh man. So blessed. So blessed. Uh, a lot of people will like to, first off, a lot of people will like to argue with me that the weed is not better in Jamaica. I think it's just different. It's just different. It's grown differently and it's used for a completely different purpose. Uh, it's almost like there's like a specific strain down there that is made and kept and regrown specifically for the purposes that we actually use them for. So in Jamaica, I, my grandmother, my uh, uncles, my uh, dad, and uh, basically everybody from that side of the family have always taught me that, you know, like, it's okay to, it's okay to smoke weed. It is okay. And like, I actually met eight-year-olds that smoke weed in Jamaica and was like, your parents are okay with this? And they're like, well, why wouldn't they be? It's just a healing plant. Like it's medicine. And so that to me is honestly the biggest difference between Canada and Jamaica, Jamaica, or sorry, Canada legalized marijuana. However, number one, I think that they, they legalized it for all the wrong reasons for the wrong purposes. And they completely went about it the wrong way. If you ask me, uh, they legalized it with the intention that they knew that it was going to be used for more recreational purposes. So in Canada, I don't get me wrong. I've come across a lot of people that use it for medicinal purposes. And that's how our government of Canada wants to promote it. For sure. We promote it as like, it's a health product type of deal, but like the reality of people using marijuana in Canada is that no, y'all are partying with it. Okay. Y'all are taking a two six and you're going outside to the woods or you're sitting at home and you're using it for recreational purposes. Sure. You're relaxing and it's a good time and everything like that. Nothing against that. 
but again, it's way more of a recreational setting than it is in Jamaica. Like Jamaica, it is quite literally like, uh, you pray over this stuff, you know, like you are taking so much time and care and putting so much love into you, even rolling that blunt before you even smoke it at all. Like it is so much more of a ritualistic and medicinal thing to be using down there than it is here. And I think that's one of the biggest differences that you'll find. Yeah. And um, like, I know in high school, like, dude, we'd fuck my life up for people to think that it can't. Um, it, it definitely did. Yeah, it like, everybody's saying like, oh, it's not addictive. I'm like, look, something doesn't need to be addictive in the sense of the compounds that it contains it can be addictive mentally. And, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, well, are video games addictive? Like, do they have a compound in them that makes them addictive? Is your phone addictive? Like, is it a compound that enters your body? No, they fuck with your head. Right. So in high school, I always had to be high and I couldn't manage myself when I was But high school. Right. (laughs) It's one of those things that's like fucking, yeah, yeah, whatever. Right. But um, I, I also think that this applies to other things, too. Like, uh, for instance, like mushrooms, um, you know, people that while I agree that you can party with mushrooms and do whatever you like with them. If you have ever tried mushrooms and meditation, though. <sighs> that shit will change your life. Right. It's like Spiritual I tell people. trips are where it's at. <laughs> oh, man. And like you do like a guided meditation after some breath work, like eat your mushrooms, give it half an hour, go lie down, do some breath work so that, you know, they just start kicking in just as your breath work is getting into it and you're ready to meditate, dude, Mm -hmm. you will realize that this is not the only plane that we live on, right? Like there are multiple levels of existence and you cannot convince me otherwise. Like I have been on the water while I'm lying on my floor in my living room. I have been on water, feeling sand, smelling ocean, you can fuck right off, right? If you yep. think that this is yep. right, <laughs> that this is the only place, but again, organics, right? Like I'll only stick to organics. Like it needs to come from mother nature for me to even consider it. Right. Yep. I just, I, I don't feel that any of these, you know, chemicals and which is what they've added to the weed, right? Like a lot of times you're getting, you know, even when you go to get the government weed, like it's just like it's all dried out and super shitty and all the fucking trichomes are gone. And I look at that stuff and it's like, what the fuck is this? Because I have a friend of mine who who grows like a mass operation and uses no chemicals. So it's like he's got this like backyard operation that looks really, really shitty, but grows the best product because the most important part of his his product is the attention that he provides right, right. and i think right. that's where we've got it confused here we just want easy access we want it quick you just want to go and get high with your buddies and it's like i don't know about you but rolling a joint to me like i roll joints super fast now but when i was a kid man i used to sit there and just like i could roll always but it's the it was the how do you explain it like there's some there's a, a type of like you know ceremonious it's ritualistic it's ritualistic right so it's like this you know breaking it up and smelling your fingers and you know taking the little piece of uh you know the scissors and opening them up and <laughs> and scraping the the you know the crystals off the fingers and making sure right like there was just yep. this i had everything down to a science now it's kind of like i need to find some time so i'm just gonna roll this quick but every yeah, time I'm right gonna... crack the grinder give a nice long smell right like to actually enjoy the plant so i do think we we have everything 
fucked up over here. Um, uh, I also don't know how how much you would know about this, but that a lot of the uh, where my buddy goes to in Jamaica, um, mm-hmm. I believe he has a timeshare there, and uh, he actually went there to learn how to grow in the mountains because apparently a lot of like the cess and stuff there is just picked wild from the mountains like fucking tea yep grows with the coffee that's so crazy to me man (laughs) yeah the best part of waking up is folgers in your blunt (laughs) (laughs) that mountain coffee up in you you'd be just fine that's it 100% so I believe in a video earlier, you mentioned that you're a mother. Yep. How has this whole COVID thing affected your ability to parent? And how's it just affected maybe like your relationship with the child? Oh, wow. Uh, okay. So I think with with COVID kind of happening, uh, it's, it's for sure been, it's been tough. And like, I don't mean that it's been like tough on me and the kid and stuff like that. I mean, like just solely it's been tough on my kids. I don't have one, I have two. Um, and most people actually don't even know that I am a mom. Uh, they just see me as a hair model and they're just like, Oh, she's a pretty blonde girl. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. Yep. Thanks. Uh, so most people don't actually take into account that when I'm not busy on social media, when I'm not, you know, like pretending like I'm there cause everything's on an auto timer. Um, I'm actually dealing with two little boys who are very, there's such spirited children, but like, I mean, spirited in like the most loving of loving ways. Like my kids are, they're extra, like they're extra, like whenever, they get excited about something they get like overexcited about things and stuff like that and whenever they love things they like just want to love the crap out of something and like give it their all kind of deal and i love that out of them so 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 much so to see them in pain and in sadness from being isolated and not near their friends and to only have their own siblings um I'm, I co-parent with another parent who also has more children with his thing going on. Um, so they have more siblings, um, but it's really only the four of them. And to me, I can't wrap my head around, you know, how we're keeping not only ourselves, but these kids just like so alone and away from each other. And to be at such a young age, because my kids are still in like elementary school, to be at such a young age and to understand, but not necessarily fully understand what's going on, I I can't imagine how much harder that must actually be for them. So like to watch them go through it is one thing, but to actually understand or understand what exactly it is that they're going through like emotionally and stuff like that. Like, sure. I can see it on their faces, but I'm like, yo man, I know that you probably feel that like way, 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 way inside. And that, that bothers me. That really, really bothers me. Um, what was the other question that you asked? I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, I just asked how it was, you know, affecting the kids and affecting, you know, your relationship with them and just as a rule. Cause I mean, I'm a parent of two as well. 
Yeah. And I've tried to keep as much normalcy in my kids' lives as possible, but um <laughs> hard when everything's I, uh, closed though too right right and, and i guess in a sense see it, it's been a little different in my household in mm-hmm. in the respect that you know my wife is also fully on board um yep. and i just don't know how to shut my fucking mouth because <laughs> you know at the end of the day i see a country that I've, I've, I've grown to, you know, love and cherish and hold near and dear and to yep. have some fucking spineless little group of absolute excuses for people thinking yep. that they can just walk up in here and start fucking calling the shots. Um, really, really disturbed me. So, you know, my, my kids understand that I've been right from the get-go, like, no, fuck this. Like, no. I- I'm not going to wear this mask. I'm not going to fucking follow the rules. I'm not going to do anything you tell me. Why? Because make me, motherfucker. Like, I think that's where I've been this entire time with this whole narrative is I wouldn't even have to read any of the science. Um, anybody that knows me knows that I'm a fucking science freak. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, th- there's this point where I wouldn't even have to read any. I just don't like being told what to do. I've always had a problem with authority. I've always had a problem with, you know, oh, respect your elders. Like, I'll respect you when you fucking earn some respect, right? Like, that's just how I've been. Um, yep. I've always been that way. I've, I've never thought that you need to fear police. I've never thought that, you know, the government owns you. Like, you're public servants. And uh, you cops are here to make sure that I'm okay. That's what my yep. tax dollars and my parents' tax dollars go. So I've always had a little bit of a different view. But, you know, my kids have felt it like, you know, my daughter in school, for instance, like luckily she hasn't experienced any of the, you know, bullying aspects, but I get, yeah, oh, man, I've had thousands of messages of, you know, parents saying like, you know, as much as we're against this, like, I don't want my kid to get bullied. And that's hear a that. fucking huge hear one that. because like, I have no answer for you. Right. Like I, I really wish I did, but, but I don't because, you know, in elementary school, I was that kid that, that got bullied for, you know, the first, you know, grades Mm -hmm. like one through eight. And then I grew a foot and put on 50 pounds and went into high school just fine. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, it's just one of those things, right? Like it's made it almost impossible for us, regardless of like what side you're on to actually understand um, like the, the, the magnitude as a whole for children as a collective. Because now you're not even going to school. You're going to a place where you're being told that you could potentially go home and murder your grandparents if you don't wear this thing. And we know that kids are ruthless. Like kids don't give a shit. So they they will bully these other kids into submission. And it's like, you know, as much as we fight for freedom and it's easy for us, what what does a kid do? Right? Like they just don't have the social awareness to be able to say, you know, like, Hey buddy, you're, you're, you're an idiot, right? Like you're insane. Like what you are seeing with your eyes is not what, you know, is not what you're blinded. And that's it. Like you are not experiencing what your eyes are fucking telling you. You're actually insane, right? To tell me that that thing on your face is somehow going to protect you from killing grandma, right? Like, so that's why I like to ask that question to parents, especially this day and age. It's like, how fucking difficult has that been? <laughs> right? It's been quite the fight. It's been quite the fight. And I just, 
I'm at a point where I am personally quite over the nonsense and I am getting groups of people together who, you know what, if you're like-minded, let's start doing something about this because you know what, I can guarantee you there ain't nobody else out here who's going to fucking do it for you. So you need to start gathering people within your own fucking community and you Mm. need to start getting them together and you need to start discussing what kind of resources can you guys pass around to each other? What kind of actions can you guys take towards your teachers, towards your principal, towards your school board? What kind of actions are you going to take to make sure that your kids directly are prepared for if anything happens at school? Because, oh my goodness, you cannot actually guarantee me that a child is not going to come into that school you know, while they're trying to open all these vaccination clinics and pop-up clinics and jab clinics, whatever the heck we want to call them, they're opening those in the schools throughout the summer. Are you seriously going to tell me that, oh no, those will all stop before September happens? No, 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 no. Let me actually tell you a quick story. In grade eight, there was a new vaccine that came out called the Gardasil vaccine. Okay. So this Gardasil vaccine, they tried to introduce to all these grade eights and things like that. They were telling us all about it and they were basically telling you, okay, so like you guys are the first ones to be jabbed in this, you know, in this vaccine and stuff like that. And I started raising questions and asking these teachers and these nurses and all these people, all these questions like, hold up. So you're telling me straight up that I'm an experiment for the first time. And you can't guarantee me that there's going to be any kind of person or something like cure or something like that, that's going to be held responsible or readily available for me if something does go wrong because I'm an experiment. And they just kind of were like, well, we don't want to see it that way. And we don't want to think about it that way. That's great, but that's how it is. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And that was the thing. And I then found out that they had somehow managed to, I guess, because we're over the age of 12 or something like that. Um, they had somehow managed to basically not give consent, like, uh, how do I want to word this? They weren't letting your parents know that this was happening inside the school. They were telling you directly because you were the one who was giving consent to them. Also not telling you that you did not have to give consent to them. So I went home with all this information and I told my mom and was like, mom, they're trying to jab me with something at school. And like, I feel like all the information they're providing, I don't feel like this is right. Like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to do this, but they're telling me that I have to, what do I do? My mom's freaking out. Like, excuse me who the fuck do these people think they fucking are calls to school and says no i don't know what the hell you think you guys are trying to do but this is unacceptable and that won't be happening to my child and if you attempt to do that then like i will be holding you personally fucking responsible like you are gonna have a giant ass lawsuit on your hands if you inject my child with any of that crap so i ended up not actually showing to school showing up to school that day but now that i think about all the things that are happening and looking around like with very clear eyes about what's going on now and thinking about that experience I'm like oh my god that is exactly what is about to happen to every single one of our freaking children come September and if nobody fucking believes me you watch and you wait yeah and it's exactly what will happen they're they're just you know for years I've been raising concerns about the government. And again, I started reading into all this stuff when I was like 16. 
So I'm 32 yeah. now, like I'm almost 17 years into this. And wow. like, the, it's one of those things like you're, you're not telling me fucking anything, bro. Like when you <laughs> no. guys, when you guys close down open border laws and admit that the only reason you want them open it open is so you can continue to traffic children over borders, then maybe we'll have a fucking talk about it. But until you're able to admit these things to the people, I want nothing to do with it. Now the Gardasil vaccine for anyone that doesn't know has killed a fuckload of people and left a ton vaccine injured especially women and now i also want to you know raise this question to you because this question seems to be so hard for people to answer because it touches on a skin color and it fucking makes me mental that people just can't have a basic conversation um all right how do you feel about the way they have come about this somehow saying like hey minorities uh we want to give this to you first because we care about you and we're trying to put you first in line um indigenous people we want to make sure that you know uh you guys are the first in line because we care about you how do you feel about them saying that kind of shit that's a bold-faced fucking lie man that's a bold-faced fucking lie okay because uh, okay, anyone who has actually done legit research, legit research on not just vaccines, but just the way that they have, like, the government has treated these uh, marginalized people, like, if you guys were actually to go and look at some of these things, you'd realize that, like, oh, you know what, they've actually done a lot of really harmful things to us. I don't think we should really trust them with those things. Yeah, I really wouldn't either. Honestly, guys, come on. Come on. Look at this. Look at this crap. Uh, I mean, like, we also know that things like um, HIV and AIDS and stuff like that. We know that those things came out of uh, some forced injections and some forced other things that happened and stuff like that. And yeah, that- so, so just just quick for everybody. So uh AIDS was basically something that they said that they were doing uh, cancer research on, and then they they understood that they had created HIV, um, yep. and then they had sent it over in smallpox vaccines over to Africa with a bunch of do-good people who thought that they were providing vaccines to help a population, uh, gave a whole bunch of vaccinations, and within two years, you had like 90 million people dead, which yep. was fucking insane how many people died, mm-hmm. and they just swept that shit under the rug. Like it never happened. You never mm-hmm. hear about this. So when I say this, it's like, you're lying. And I'm like, oh, really? It's just okay. something that, that you've never been told. Right. <laughs> so it may seem like a lie because of how fucking you know, bold it is for them to actually do something like that. But I want everybody to understand one thing. We are coming to a point right now where we all as a collective, I don't care about your color, your fucking, you know, your, your religious preference, your, your sexuality, your, your gen. I don't fucking care. Oh God. At, none at, of that shit should matter. You're a human being. That's, at, that's like, the bottom line. D- don't get me wrong. If you're going to walk up to me and be like, Hey, there's 10,000 genders. I'm like, okay, go fuck yourself. Like, this is not a conversation. You are mentally ill. Something is wrong in your okay. head. Like there's in my eyes, there's two colors, one race and anything, you know, other than that is, is mental illness. Um, and that's just, I, that's just me being honest. Uh, that's my opinion. Anybody's, you know, welcome to to differ and i'm i'm open to listening um however i just think we're at a point in time where they have created all of this confusion purposely so that at a time like this we would be you know constantly focused on the things that don't matter like all of this other shit 
that we're so worried about and, and being, you know, socially accepted that we forget that the ones that are turning you against each other are the common enemy of all. And yep. right now we need to become hard targets. We need to become people that, you know, we don't just say no, like everybody's saying, no, we need to do more than that at this point. We need a society of people. We need to form pockets of people right now that have the ability to say, fuck you, make me right. Like make me motherfucker, please make me when they come to your door. You're not like, oh, my God, I don't want it. They're like, you need your vaccine. And you say, fucking make me, you piece of shit. That's the answer they need to start getting. We need we need to make authorities so afraid to walk outside because they may not go home to their families so they can learn to leave us alone. Because if people don't understand what the fuck is happening right now, you're never going to like no. one thing that really got under my skin was, you know, the the indigenous communities coming out saying, you know, oh, well, we want you guys to recognize genocide. And it's like, well, while I do. I want you to understand that by you promoting this shit to your fucking community, you're, you're, you're promoting the exact same shit. You're, you're, you're diving and swimming in the exact same shark infested waters, except this time they have you promoting that you should dive into those shark infested waters and you are buying it. The same fucking government that did the residential school thing, the same governments that have targeted black people, the same fucking governments that don't give a shit about anybody but them <laughs> right like why do we not see this why do we continue to think that these people give a shit about you at all see that's that's usually my question to people is you guys ever notice that the same people who are telling you that there's a problem can also provide this magical perfect solution too isn't that a little weird isn't that a little weird and if you were to look further into that didn't you notice that they're actually the cause of the problem in the first place? Yeah. Like, oh, hey, we fucked up. But here's the solution. Everybody take it. Okay, well, why? And how did you fuck up in the first place? What went wrong? What were you doing? And why were you doing it? It's it's unreal. You look at you look at a lot of the shit that has happened. And and if people want a really good analogy or reference point to go off of, it's like this. You have the guy who created the computer, created the virus, and then created the solution and the antivirus, creating the problem, creating the vaccine, right? Like, yeah, guys, when you have politics playing medicine and when you have censorship to this level and for the people that say that, oh, these vaxes are fine. I'm like, understand that every test has a placebo. And I've had a woman named Brittany Galvin on my podcast who Mm -hmm. has told everything about her experience with the Moderna vaccine yeah and look at what has happened and you're allowing this to go into your children mm-hmm. it's a mm-hmm. it's it's very depressing um, one thing I will say that I'm very impressed with though is how particularly Jamaicans for one impressed the shit out of me because there was a lot of them that said fuck you and your mm-hmm. vaccine okay because mm-hmm. they understand what has happened specifically to jamaican people um there's also a lot of like the polish and the um you know the russians the hungarians th- these people are t- so it really drives me crazy when you hear this whole oh well white supremacists are the ones that are out there that are anti and i'm like well listen these aren't white people these are <laughs> europeans who have been through the ringer they came from communism right but Thanks for looking at the color of their skin and just making the assumption. assumption. Thanks. Thanks for being so tolerant. Like the left has shown us that they are right. (laughs) 
So oh boy. I guess uh, let's end this with this. Um, so first, give us a little bit of positivity on how to move forward. Um, and then I have a, a, a new question that I'm going to start asking every guest. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. Um, okay. little positivity to end things. How are we going to move forward? I believe that we can move forward by starting to get together and create all these communities. I believe that if, you know, if we really want to cause change, we need to start moving our asses, start making it start making things happen uh whether that be you guys are you know 100 percent, and i do mean like 100 percent. you're boycotting walmart you will not buy anything from a corporation um if you're 100 supporting local i think that's definitely the way to go i think that's how we start to mend things i think the more that we can put money into our own pockets the more that we will drain their system without them even realizing it and we will then put power back into our own hands which we can then hopefully turn around when they start coming at us being like where did all their money go well, we have it now. Would you uh, would you like it back? Would you like to do something about it? Would you like to maybe talk to us about uh, how it is that you're, you know, using our money? Because we're the ones who are giving it to you in the first place, right? We're the ones who are paying taxes here, right? We're the ones who, you know, actually voted on you and put you in charge. We're pretty sure that we're done with your shit and we're going to fucking put you back in your place. I think that taking action like that and having a mindset like that is really where it's at, honestly. Awesome. Amazing. So now for the final question. All right. <laughs> so you get to open a door and see the post-COVID-19 world. What does that look like? Oh, wow. Holy Bring it. crap. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. So that world to me looks like honest. Okay. I'm going to be 100% honest here. I'm going to go all out. Okay. So that world to me looks like we have overcome our government. And I don't mean to say that in any way as like, no, fuck the government. We don't fucking need them anymore. Like, no, I'll I'll, I'll say that for you. Fuck the government. Okay. (laughs) All right. There we go. There we go. Um, what I mean is that we are able to finally come into a place where we can be a real community, where we can fully 100% be sustainable, where we're doing things, where we are putting things back, we're putting more back into the earth for it to regenerate itself and provide good things back to us than we are taking out of it it means that we are running on 100 solar power it means that we are running on 100 wind power it means that we have taken all these nonsense rules and flushed them in the fucking toilet and we've just decided to turn the whole fucking thing around and say you know what if this is a new world this new world starts with beauty. This new world starts with nature. This new world starts with us actually, you know, doing our part as human beings and taking care of each other and the environment that we live in. That's what that shit looks to, looks like to me. Excellent. That's what I wanted to hear. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on, man. I will definitely, oh, um, we're definitely so going to have to do it again. Me. 
Yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, just keep up the uh, keep up the brand, keep up the good fight, and I am sure I will be seeing you around. Oh, you for sure will. You for sure will. All righty. <laughs> Have a good one. Thank you. You too. I'll see you later, Eric. All righty. Later.